Hey guys, it is Rachel Worthy with a new episode of Greenhouse TV. And today we're talking about an enormous church meeting, the Roman Empire who battled in the name of Jesus, Santa Claus, and the creed that shaped the Christian faith. That is the Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea happened on May 20th in the year 325. 230 bishops from all over the known church world gathered in Nicaea, a major city in Bithynia, to discuss the question, was Jesus really God? Now, this is obviously an absolutely important theological question. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today was the theology that was decided at the Council of Nicaea and the implications that that has had for the church more broadly. But the Council of Nicaea represents a key church turning point for another reason. And that has a lot to do with the person who called this meeting. That person's name was Constantine, a Roman emperor. When we look at the history of the church from the fall of Jerusalem, which we talked about last week, up until the year 325, there was a lot of years of persecution of the church. The Roman Empire fluctuated between being hostile against Christians to just merely tolerating them to being hostile against them again. But that all changed when we come to the Emperor Constantine. Now, he was going into a battle to consolidate his power against a guy named Maxentius, and he believed that he had this vision. Now, this vision changed the course of history and changed the course of the church forever. Now, Eusebius was a historian. He wrote down what Constantine believes he saw, this vision that Constantine had. He writes this. He saw with his own eyes the trophy of a cross of light in the heavens above the sun and an inscription, conquer by this, attached to it. Then in his sleep, the Christ of God appeared to him with a sign which he had seen in the heavens and commanded him to make a likeness of that sign which he had seen in the heavens and to use it as a safeguard in all engagements against his enemies. Constantine believed that Jesus had appeared to him and had commanded him to fight under the banner of the cross, under the, the name of Christ, and that Christ would protect him as he battled. Now, whatever you think of that idea, this vision that Constantine believes he saw had profound impacts on the church and on history. Constantine became a Christian. Now, this is a bit of an interesting chapter in church history because there are those who argue that Constantine was extremely sincere, that he became a Christian because he loved God and that the decisions he made out of that were out of his sincere faith. There are others who are more cynical. They think that Constantine became a Christian because he believed it was politically expedient. Now, Constantine was concerned about disunity in the empire. Previous emperors had dealt with that disunity by pushing down on the Christian faith, by persecuting it. Constantine took a different tact. He saw that there was a lot of potential for unifying the empire around this idea of Christianity. Now, whether you think that Constantine was sincere or was political or was somewhere in between, the story of the Council of Nicaea comes about because Constantine had this problem. He was seeing Christianity as a unifying thing, but all of a sudden, the church erupted into massive discussion and massive argument about the question of the divinity of Christ. Was Jesus God or was he just a man? And so because Constantine wanted to have this unity in the church, he called a council. 
It's basically like when there's two kids fighting on the playground and the teacher's like, all right, boys, in the room, we're sorting this out. That's kind of what happened here. The church leaders were fighting and Constantine was like, nope, I've had enough of this in a room. We're going to work this out. We're going to decide what the church believes about this. Now, we're going to talk more about the doctrine of the meeting, but this meeting was a raging success. The doctrine that was decided at this meeting about Christ and about the church and about the theology of Christianity was absolutely decisive in every way. The Nicene Creed is still read out on churches every Sunday all around the world. It is core to what we believe as Christians. And the decision that they came to is that Jesus was, in fact, God. Now, the impact on the church, as we've already sort of touched on, was twofold. Firstly, there was the theological impact. Secondly, there was the political church-state relationship impact of this. So we'll start with the theological. Basically, coming into this meeting, there was Arius. Now, he was a church thinker, and he really believed that God alone was God. He had an issue with the idea of the Trinity or that Jesus could be God because he felt that that meant that God wasn't one, that somehow it was like there was many gods, it was polytheism. So he really fought for the fact that God alone, God the Father, was the only God, but that Jesus was a good man and he was worthy of honor, but he wasn't really God. Now, there's another man, and his name is Athanasius, and he spent his life arguing for the incarnation, arguing for the idea that God himself became man in Jesus. And Athanasius's position is what we, for the most part, believe in church today, that Christ was truly God. And he believed that one of the big problems with Arius's teaching was that it had implications for salvation, that Jesus's death and resurrection couldn't truly purchase our freedom if Jesus wasn't really God. And so these two sides of the argument battled it out over this council, but it was eventually decided that Arius was wrong and that Athanasius's position, that Christ was, um, was divine, was the one that was decided on as true. Now, I actually want to read out the statement that they settled on at the Council of Nicaea, because this is so core to our faith. This is what they wrote. We believe in one God the Father, all-powerful, maker of all things, both seen and unseen, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, begotten of the Father, that is from the substance of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through whom all things came to be, both those in heaven and those on earth. For us humans and for our salvation, he came down and became incarnate, became human, suffered, and rose up on the third day, went into the heavens, and is coming to judge the living and the dead, and in the Holy Spirit. Wow, what beautiful words. They were able to sit in the room and decide this is what we believe the essence of the Christian faith is, and they affirm the divinity of Christ. Now, the Nicene Creed that you know may be a little bit longer than this, and that's because the creed was actually expanded a little bit later to contain a little bit more about the Holy Spirit and about the church. But the essence of what it stood for was decided in 325 AD, so long ago, and we still proclaim it in our churches to get today. And I think that's frankly miraculous. This was a theological turning point for the church, and I believe the Holy Spirit was part of making that happen. Now, the other side of this is perhaps a little more mixed, and that is the way that this shifted the church's relationship with the state and, and the political element that came into the church because of this. The Emperor Constantine, like we said, he chucked him in a room. He said, you boys, you got to stop arguing. Go have your meeting. 
The emperor called this meeting. So now the question was, now that the emperor is a Christian, or at least is saying he is, and he's called this meeting, where does he fit in? Is he the ruler of the church? Is he over the church? Or is, is he in the church? Eventually, Constantine would declare Rome the Holy Roman Empire. He would make Christianity the state religion. It was basically the beginning of this unification of church and state. And this changed Christianity forever. It led to a period of about a thousand years called Christendom, where the church and state ruled as one, and that wasn't really broken until the Reformation. Was this good or was this bad? I think like most things in history, it was an action made, I'm, I think for, you know, I guess you can make your own judgment for a lot of people would say it was made for good reasons that had both good and bad implications. It had really great implications in the sense that it stopped persecution for the Christians and um, actually like led to the spread of the gospel. It spread to evangelism all over the world. It led to civilization. It led to um, Christian values being spread through the government over the world. However, one of the things that was negative about it is it meant that worldly power actually became a concern of the church. The church was part of the state now. And so the concerns of the state became the concerns of the church. Now, this relationship between church and state is something that we'll talk about throughout this series, because this is something that ebbed and flowed throughout church history, how much the church and the state held power and what that relationship was. But this was a key turning point in those two things becoming closer together and it changed the church forever. So the Council of Nicaea, the way that we live as Christians today is shaped forever by it. And I have one more fun fact to share with you. I teased at the start something about Santa Claus. Believe it or not, legend has it that Saint Nick himself was a bishop and was in attendance at the Council of Nicaea. And if that isn't hilarious enough, the story goes that he was so angry at Arius and what Arius was teaching, saying that Jesus wasn't God, that he got up and he slapped him in the face. The rest of the council decided that this was not appropriate behavior for a bishop and he was promptly thrown in jail. Now, we're not 100% sure of the veracity of this story, but we can, we're pretty sure that Saint Nick himself was at the Council of Nicaea. So there is a fun fact for you about this fascinating event in church history. And I'm looking forward to talking more with you next week. Next week, we're talking about a different council, the Council of Chalcedon, where they discussed the question, was Jesus really man? And we're gonna look at the way that the Christian faith successfully got turned from a, basically a thing that was spoken about in the Jewish way of thinking into something that could be spoken about in a Roman, Greek, more Western way of thinking. I think you'll find it really interesting. I look forward to talking then.